cliffcentral.com. So I want to talk a little bit about the future of driving. And we're going to talk to a man who is an expert in electric vehicles and solar energy. And in 1988, this man joined the National Energy Council, which was a government agency forum to research alternative transport energy. He was so far ahead of everybody else. And if we just listened to him back then, who knows how much of an advanced society we could live in. We could be in flying cars by now if we just opened up our ears and listened to Carl all those years ago. So he's going to join us this morning to talk a little bit about electric vehicle technologies and how we evaluate them and how they can be used more effectively, what they can do for us. And he's joining us as part of our discussion around BMW's Drive Tomorrow Today campaign. And Carl, it's a great pleasure to see you and to have you on the show this morning. And welcome uh, to you. Thanks for joining me and Naledi and Bolelo this morning. It's true, you were doing this in 1988. You were looking at alternative energy for transport. That's an incredible story. You've been paying attention for much longer than we have. <laughs> yeah, that's when it started. And thank you for those kind words. It's very nice to hear them. I wish you could repeat them sometime. No, well, I promise anyway, you. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just pleased to meet people who are this far ahead of the curve. So let's just go through your story quickly, because you were in this NEC, the National Energy Council, for a long time. And then they eventually closed their doors in 1992. You worked at ESCOM for a little bit. You directed the electric transport program and converted 12 different kinds of vehicles to electric propulsion. And one of them was a game-viewing vehicle that is still used in the Kruger National Park. This initiative ended in 2002 when the oil price fell to $12 a barrel, and obviously that made it very difficult for you to argue for um, electric vehicles because you know fuel was cheaper. In 2013, you joined Sanedi as a general manager of the Cleaner Mobility Program, and today you're consulting and you're still following your passion in electric vehicles and solar energy. Is that a fair summary of your incredible and varied career? Yeah, thank you very much. I had a very interesting career, and I'm very happy for companies like Eskom that made it possible for me to do these evaluations that we did and also converted the vehicles to electric. I just got to correct you in one thing. Mm -hmm. The game being vehicle is not with the Kruger National Park anymore. Oh, uh, It's been at the Leopard Sanctuary and, and other places, but today it's, it's, it's out of work. It, it doesn't work anymore. So, no. Well, I guess if you put batteries in, it, you can still get it to, to run, but it's not operational in any game park, unfortunately. So you've, you've been in this game a long time. Um, before electric vehicles, EVs as we call them now, were even known as EVs, can you tell us a little bit about the history of electric vehicles, especially from your point of view, where you know way more than we do? Wow, well, yeah. Electric vehicles started way back uh, in the 18s. Uh, the first vehicles were, were produced, and, and, and after that, uh, they were actually leading early in the 1900s, uh, where before the internal combustion engine vehicles became commonplace because of the longer range they had and the invention of the electric starter that made it easier to crank these vehicles and, and, and easier to use them. So that's about uh, when electric vehicles lost popularity. Uh, just got to mention, in, in, in 1901, the world speed record, land speed record, was set by a French guy hmm. in an electric vehicle, and that was 101 kilometers an hour at, at that time. The, no, so the, they were around for many years. In those days, <laughs> they, they, there was nothing else that was as fast as that, right? No, nothing else. That 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 was the speed record. So, but of course, when so in some ways, in, in some ways, electric vehicles are actually not just um, they didn't just precede 
the 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 ice vehicles that we talk about today, the internal combustion engine vehicles, but they were they were they were contemporaneous with each other. Yeah, no, they were better. Uh, I mean, you had to buy when the internal combustion engine vehicles started. You had to buy your liter of benzene from the pharmacy. There were no infrastructure, <laughs> no fuel pumps and things. So all this developed from from almost nothing, and and really an, an amazing journey. I mean. The way we we treat cars as as if we actually have a love affair with them is amazing. Uh, what they've achieved uh, and and the piece of technology that we have today, called the ice car, which is being banned now from many roads in in Europe already, mm-hmm. is is a is a fantastic development. But 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 even more so now, electric cars. I mean, Tesla has shown us in the world that uh, electric vehicles can beat. Ice vehicles on, on their own performance terms. I mean, speed is higher, acceleration is better. The technology is just so much better. I I couldn't agree with you more. But what was your main motivation for choosing to buy an electric vehicle or to get involved in electric vehicles so much earlier on? Well, when I joined the National Energy Council, um, it was actually a major career change for me. But I started investigating where energy comes from where it's produced, where it's used, uh, how it moves throughout the world, uh, how it's applied in, in, in terms of transportation energy, energy for mobility, as we call it, in vehicles and, and other places. And then I realized South Africa is actually well positioned to get great benefits from electric vehicles. We only have one time zone. Mm-hmm. And overnight, uh, at, in those days at least, uh, we had the cheapest electricity price. Right, And we had nobody buying electricity between the evening peak and the next morning peak. <clears throat> and that big amount of energy that is available then could keep 6 million vehicles traveling the next day, 50 kilometers each. So with the cheapest electricity, you don't have to import crude oil anymore. If we change our fee to electric vehicles, we'd save a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. Today, I mean, we, we, we buy this, this oil for about $14 billion dollars and uh, convert that into petrol and diesel, use it in our vehicles. And that is amount of, that's the same amount of money that we earn by exporting all our minerals. <laughs> so it doesn't make business sense for South Africa to do that if we have all this electricity. <clears throat> and I mean, if you wanted to really make the electricity clean, if you go to solar, we have twice the radiation of solar energy in South Africa that they have in Germany. So, so we have double the benefit. You've, you've done all these... These these cost cost breakdowns and these analyses, and I'm I'm curious about how you would compare the running costs of an electric vehicle and a car with similar power at a similar price in in the ICE model. Well, um, if you consider the energy that an internal combustion engine car uses, the car is about fifteen percent efficient. That means one five in terms of beers. Yeah, one five. Sure. That means in terms of beers, you want to drink one, but you got to buy five and throw four away. <laughs> that's an incredible that's comparison. Wow, what a waste of that's money. What that's what you're doing. So the electric car is much more efficient, close to 80 85% more efficient. So uh, it uses six times less energy to do the same work than you would with an internal combustion in a car. So I get about, I use about 11.7 kilowatt hours to travel 100 kilometers, mm-hmm. say 12. So that'll cost me 20 rands. Now, a similar car, petrol car, uh, I had one uh, would consume about 8 liters 100 kilometers, and that'll cost me today 136 rand. So 20 compared to 136 is, is, is huge, a saving of 20,000 rand every year. It's a massive difference. 
Now, when it comes to actually then, to, to actually driving that car, is there any difference to you? Because you you've driven both, so you can compare them. You know, apples and apples. What do you make of that? Yeah, look, it's the same thing. It's got four wheels. It's got a shell that protects you against the weather. A nice, comfortable seat. The steering wheel. All those sort of things. But the technology is completely different. I mean, inside uh, the engine, for instance, is is not an internal combustion, and there's no explosions in the engine. The engine does not require oil or water or things like that. If you if you can imagine, your fridge has got an AC induction motor powering your fridge. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a very similar type of motor that powers your electric car. It's not exactly the same motor, and the motor is bigger, of course. But how often do you take your fridge to a service? What kind of maintenance do you need? There's almost nothing. Nothing, yeah. So the electric motor, yeah, so the electric motor in, in an electric car needs no maintenance, and it's quiet. So when you get into the car and you switch on, there's only lights coming on. And, and they've added some sounds to the lights, <laughs> pleasant sounds, so that you get a pleasant feeling when you switch on the car. In your internal combustion engine car, also the lights do come on. <clears throat> not as many, not as many nice nights, but anyway, lights <laughs> come on. But you hear suddenly the explosions in the engine. Yeah. And I'm, exagger- I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I mean, it's really what's happening in your car. Well, some I of mean, us, they muffled this. I mean, I mean, let me just bring in, you know, a little bit of the, the petrol head in everybody is that we sometimes like a little bit of that sound. And I'm always concerned when I hear how quiet these uh, electric vehicles are. Some of them are so silent that you can hardly, I mean, you can whisper around them and you'll, you'll be absolutely fine. Uh, you can hear each other speak over the engine no matter what. Um, I'm worried that like kids crossing the road won't even hear them when they cross the road. They've had to start making noises just to alert people to the fact that the electric vehicle's even there. Yeah, and you know, if you're a real petrol head, you can add the sound of a Holly Davidson to your electric car, no problem. <laughs> That's probably true. So what about but this? I've actually done that, you know. You have? No, people have done that. Oh, I thought you had. <laughs> you, you, can, you can choose the sound. No, I haven't. I love the silent. And, and really, in a city when everybody is driving electric, you will hear the road noise. Um, yeah. Uh, and people will adjust. It's, it's not a problem. And you can also obviously hear if something else is going on, which is quite helpful. Um, whereas if you're in a yeah. car and you, all you hear is your own engine, you can't hear a damn thing outside of that. Um, so there is. Can, a- you imagine, can you imagine the sound system in your car? Not sure. being interrupted by this. <laughs> what about the, the the big issue that the many people have about electric vehicles? Um, and it's it comes up time and time again that the biggest concern they have is range anxiety. You know, where people are worried that they're going to run out of electricity and their car's just going to stop on the side of the road, and that's the end of it. I mean, I've sometimes, even though I, I drive a, a a diesel vehicle at the moment. I've sometimes looked at that petrol gauge and thought, oh, my God, I'm not even going to make it home because I've forgotten to fill up with diesel. Now, it's the same kind of thing with an electric vehicle. You wouldn't forget to fill up completely. And if you do, that's on you. That's not the vehicle's fault. Yeah. No, the range anxiety really exists with people that do not drive electric or the first drivers, the people that just started driving electric. But you learn to plan very quickly. Uh, I mean, the first vehicle that I had when I was still at Eskom was an old Corsa Bucky that we converted to electric. Yeah. And I used that vehicle as my first choice commute, you know. Uh, (laughs) And I only had a range of about 80 kilometers because we still were using lead-acid batteries at the time. Sure. And uh, I never got stuck, really. Um, And and, and I had all kinds of plans that I made. In in those days, you didn't have infrastructure, of course. So I had a long lead that I plugged in where I played action cricket or whatever, meetings. I, I plugged in every time I stopped somewhere, I plugged in because... 
I mean, I was traveling around Pretoria, Johannesburg area, and, and, and that becomes quite a problem if you don't have the range. Carl, how, but, how, uh, how, good, how good are our batteries these days in, in EVs? Well, the batteries are excellent. Uh, I mean, the latest news from Tesla, they say that uh, after 200,000 kilometers, their batteries have lost 10% capacity. Now, that is mm-hmm. excellent. Not, not every electric vehicle battery is, is on that uh, par with that already, on, on that level. But but they are getting there, and and there's other technologies that our people are working on now as well, that'll make the battery so much better. I mean, batteries are in the infancy, the new ones that we're talking about. So we we have challenges with our power grid in this country, and you've mentioned ESCOM a few times. Does that impact on your overall enjoyment of the EV experience? I mean, do you think that it's something that we should be concerned about long term? No, uh, I don't think so. I, I think. The way we generate energy will change in the long term. It's right. not going to be just ESCOM. Uh, I'm independent from ESCOM. I, uh, I don't use ESCOM power for my home. I don't use ESCOM power for my car. I've got solar cells on my roof, and I charge my car every day from, from those solar panels. If I do need a fast charge, if I travel longer distances, and I've been traveling around the whole day, for instance, I could pop into a BMW dealership and charge my car for free at a fast charger. So I right. haven't spent more than half an hour there to charge my car. And maybe at some place you can pop into the dealership and you get a cup of coffee and you relax a bit and then you get back to the car and it's fully charged, no problem. But in terms of Eskom, if we in South Africa had a fleet of electric vehicles, at least say uh, 2 million electric vehicles, right? and say, and say Eskom uh, charged the batteries for these cars overnight and you can fill that that, that valley overnight between the evening peak and the next morning peak, then Eskom can sell every kilowatt hour they produce. And that enables them then to become more efficient in terms of producing electricity. And they can reduce the price of electricity again. So if you sell every product you make, I mean, they can't switch off the big power stations every night. So they've got to lie yeah, idle. keep them going. And, and, and they're, still, they're still keeping yeah, them going. Yeah. So it still consumes coal and all that, but nobody's buying electricity. It's like an open tap the water is falling on the ground. Mm. If you had electric vehicles, it could collect this water falling on the ground all the kilowatt hours. And at a low price, you can incentivize people to charge overnight. And then you can sell this electricity as well, become more efficient sell electricity that you're not able to sell today. <clears throat> now, I know Eskom power stations are not that reliable nowadays no. because they're very old. <laughs> <laughs> Just one, one But Eskom is also now... Yeah, yeah. Eskom is also now transitioning into, into different sources of energy. Kumati Put is a new station that they will uh, you, you turn into a renewable energy base. You mentioned the, the BMW charging stations, and I thought that that was uh, a, a really good – I mean, I didn't know until we spoke to the CEO the other day how many of these um, these charging stations they've got across South Africa, and they're building an incredible infrastructure that will enable just about anybody to charge anywhere for free. And you don't even, I mean, what a pleasure that would be because – then we don't really care. But you're obviously a big fan of renewable energy in any which way. Uh, what's the furthest you've ever been in an electric vehicle? I think I've done about 220 kilometers in, in one day. <clears throat> I've driven to figure anything from here and back. Uh, and that is possible to do. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, if it's your first drive, you, you take it easy. You don't go 120 kilometers an hour. You go a little bit less. You try and keep it at a at a hundred because you're fighting uh, air resistance, and mm-hmm. and the uh, higher your speed, that that increases uh, quadratically. So you got to think about driving efficiently. And, and I've over the years 
especially with a range of when you only have 80 kilometers, <laughs> you learn how to drive very efficiently. Now I have a nice range. I mean, the BMW can give me, if I am really careful, I can, I can get up to 300 kilometers. Amazing. Well, Carl, thank you. We wanted to speak to someone who's independent about this to give us the, the inside track. You've been doing it for such a long time. You live this story. You don't just talk about it. Um, you're a real uh, fan of, of electric vehicles and of alternative transport using ways and means that we should be considering more and more. Just one last thing. Do you see South Africa and in fact, the rest of the world, I mean, there are parts of the world that are already moving very fast in this direction. Do you see South Africa turning into a much more energy efficient place soon? And do you see more and more transport changing to electric vehicles in the short term, medium term and long term? What's your projection? Well, I, I, I do hope so. I mean, some of these things are controlled by government. And uh, sometimes that is not clear exactly what the direction is. And we've been waiting a long time for, for them to allow more renewable energy to enter uh, the mix of energy supply in South Africa. And there's been some resistance to that change. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure why. Um, we can all speculate about these things. There's some quite in interesting conspiracy theories and stories out there. We had this, uh, this, this gas ships uh, and we had the nuclear debate and all these sort of things. But because we, we have such a, a wonderful amount of potential renewable energy in South Africa, we would be stupid not to follow that route. Absolutely. And, and, and I do believe there, there, there's a, there is some change, some positivities around that now. And I do believe we can become a leader regarding renewable energy, not just in Africa, but in the world. Right. But we have to put our minds to it and start, and start doing the job. Well, thank goodness we've got people like you paying attention to these things. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Great Thank talking you. to you. There he is. That's Carl Sneeman, who is an electric vehicle and solar energy consultant and expert. What a pleasure to speak to him this morning and find out a little bit about that stuff. It's part of what we're going to be bringing you as uh, BMW make electric vehicles more well-known to all of us, and they start to roll out some really cool and interesting models too. If you missed uh, last week's conversation with the CEO, you want to hear that because they've got big plans. And uh, we'll be talking to some people over the course of the next coming few weeks to try and, uh, and and get us all up to speed so we know what's going on in the world of electric vehicles and we can pay more attention and make more interesting decisions and more nuanced decisions around what is available. So electric vehicles and solar energy, among other things, discussed today and plenty more on the way. That's part of BMW's Drive Tomorrow Today campaign.